Well, glad to see y'all out on tonight. And again, we'd like to welcome all of those that are joining us online on this evening. We always do our New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve service early because we have people that come from around uh, the United States, fly in, people who drive from afar. And so uh, not only that, I don't have to see a ball drop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can, you know, if, if you want to do that, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, um, I'd rather see the ball drop at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and granted, every, every ministry is different, so there's nothing wrong with it being out till 12. But, you know, I mean, you know, your children are supposed to be going to bed at 10, not coming out. And they're all cranky and everything. And you get home 1 o'clock in the morning, ain't nothing to eat after service, except for a Waffle House here in Atlanta. You know, and so, uh, so we'll be out about 8 o'clock, and that way you can still do whatever you want to do. It's supposed to be some heavy rain coming in. So we're going to jump into this. Um, See what the Lord has. You know, um, many people so watching the news a little bit a couple of days ago, and a lot of people are talking about they're so uh, in a rush for uh, 2020 to be over. You know, um, not me, really. It's just another year, another day, another week, another month. And so I don't know if they need to turn up these lights, Devon, but um, I'll let y'all work that out. But uh, I mean, you know, it's been an interesting year, to say the least. Um, much of the body of Christ was challenged. Everyone was challenged. Many leaders did the best that they could. Uh, and uh, some were uh, um, canceled. The Lord does things in a mysterious way. And how many of you have been, the, uh, been enjoying the uh, heavenly reward system that we are? That is a serious game changer. We have had people calling us from around the world. Like, I didn't know. I'm like, don't feel bad. We didn't know either. And so I used to be the type of individual, Jesus, come back. Nope, you can take your sweet time. I told them, if y'all see anybody out there with some signs that say it's the end of the world, we'll rock up to them and smack that sign right on the ground. No, it's not. We need Jesus to wait. <laughs> I got some stuff I need to do. And for the other side, building, my, my, uh, building up my reward. So, you know, every, pretty much every sermon up until now has been an introduction. <laughs> so starting this weekend, we'll get over into uh, the details of it. It's going to be a very, very powerful year. Uh, for us. So um, I will not make fun of anything in regards to, you know, tonight you're going to hear all, after a year like this, you're going to hear all type of words about ne what next year is going to bring. Next year is going to be this, and next year is going to be that, and next year this is going to be this, and this is going to be that. And uh, a lot of it will be off. Um, there'll be a few that maybe they have a person to work for that particular house. Um, what I'm doing tonight is giving you, I'm giving the entire body of Christ around the world in every city, state, and nation a word. Um, it will start out as a general word, and then it will eventually separate over into just a personal word for this house as well as um, those local and those that follow us through all of our different audio and now video platforms. So the word that I give is a general word. Um, but um, this word that I give tonight is very simple, um, but this word um, is a word that will last until the last second of time on planet Earth. And so this particular word, no matter what anybody says, you'll be able to have this as a background to fall on, regardless to what word is given by any ministry, including this one going into the new years is something that you were supposed to be walking in all the time anyway. Um, it's not just for that particular year. Maybe sometimes you're behind and God gives you a swift, swift kick in the behind, you know, but uh, 
but this is a word that's going to be for everyone. So we're going to push right through it. I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to be too wild tonight because I got to brace myself with this new online audience. And just let me give a word to the online audience on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Just be patient with us, be patient with us because we just opened this up and uh, to do uh, live correctly, there are a lot of nuances involved. There's a lot involved in order to do it right. And in particularly to get out a particular word that this ministry pushes out, there are a lot of things that already have come against us. You know, it's just crazy. So we might have little quirks and how many of you know, you know, we believe in being excellent, but sometimes with us, professionalism goes right out the window. Y'all ready? All right. That's what y'all say every time. Genesis 8.22. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now, we know we've heard that scripture over and over again. Let me grab my little towel here. Um, those are natural laws, but they're also spiritual laws. Unfortunately, when it comes to the spiritual part, the only one the body of Christ is really a little bit familiar with is the one that says seed time harvest, because that's the one that's most preached in order to get money in the church. And because they only preach that one, they never talk about cold and heat. They never talk about the other spiritual laws. And because if you only focus on one, you're already out of order. And so, for example, there's a spiritual law when it comes to cold and heat. How many of you remember the scripture where God said, I wish you were cold or I wish you were hot. But because you are lukewarm, you have broken both laws. Therefore, I spit you out of my mouth. Okay, so you see those different type of things in regards to natural laws and spiritual laws. So the word that I'm giving um, for the entire planet is based on that one scripture. So let's look at something. I'm excited about next year. How about y'all? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep myself together tonight. Matthew 13, 24. Okay. <clears throat> Everything. No matter who gives a word tonight, no matter who gives a word this morning on the other side of the world is already given. And later on this evening when we go into bed, I don't know what the time zones are. Everything fits right here. Matthew 13, 24. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds amongst the wheat and then slipped out the door. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat into my barn. Y'all got that? So that's the scripture that Jesus gave. And then, as he always did, he preached it deep to the folk that were religious 
And then when he got behind the scenes, he would then say, okay, to the disciples, all right, I'm about to give you all the real revelation. So he picks up Matthew 13. Then leaving the crowds outside, (laughs) Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us that deep story about the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the son of man, Jesus, is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world. And the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. How many kingdom people do I have up in here? The weeds are the people who belong to my enemy. Either God is your father or Satan, not both. The enemy who planted the weeds amongst the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Whenever Jesus tacks that on to the end of a parable, he's telling you this is much deeper than what you just heard. So you need to think about this. Okay? And so um, I was, uh, you know, I understand, you know, about our ministry and you all that have been following us know about the things that have happened, particularly in the last year. This year was crazier for us than I thought. I still can't believe that this is the year that we flew into Nigeria in the midst of the coronavirus. I forgot that that was in March. I'm like, that is insane, the stuff that we have done this year. Okay, but just the things that happened um, with this particular ministry and how nothing went down. As you know, the Lord told us to stay open. I'm still amazed at how the pastor said that I was out the will of God, like his next door neighbor you know about that, but how many of you know, fruit speaks for itself. We stayed open and it was a blessing and uh, it was a little shaky, you know, cause you're going against the whole grain, but every area of the ministry, we, in, in the, in, with, with new people, atheists joined the church cause there were some people that they were absolutely f- afraid out of their wits and they needed something tangible to go to. So inner healing, deliverance, I mean, whatever, I mean, just the list goes on. We gave more money than we've ever had. You know, have before we, 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 y'all know what I'm saying. I ain't trying to repeat the whole thing. It was a good year. It was an excellent year. It was a wonderful year. Now, I don't know about the rest, but I know in Jesus. What happened at this church? It is obvious that we were living in a different dimension. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So that's a sign to come. Now, the reason why that happened is because of this scripture. No matter what anyone says about every year, it's going to be simply two things. The weeds and the wheat will increase in strength every single year until the end. So it was very bad for the wicked this year, but it was good for the uncompromisingly righteous this year. We ain't talking about just folk who claim that they're righteous. We're talking about folk who don't compromise, folk who live right for real. For them, they went up. So next year, we'll bring the same thing. I don't have a deep word. It's just simply the law of seed time and harvest. So next year, the wicked will be more wicked. The darkness will be more dark. 
the mayhem will be more violent. The poverty will be more extreme. The sickness will be more prevalent. In their camp. But in ours, it's more health and wellness. It's, y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? It's more peace. It's, when they losing their money, we'll be getting ours. When they, when, when, y'all know what I'm saying. All of the religions will be losing members and we'll be gaining some. Evangelism is going to increase. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So, so when it comes to both, you are either in the camp of the wheat or are you in the camp of the weeds? And guess what God said? And the angel said, uh, should we go and cancel some things? He said, no, let both grow together and get stronger every year, war against each other. He said, we're just going to stand back and watch because we gave full authority to the children of God. And so we're not going to put the wicked in check, even though they increase in strength every, we're not going to put them in check unless our children ask us or use their own authority that we gave them. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so with all these little itty bitty words is coming on next year's year restoration, you're already supposed to be restored. Next year's year prosperity, you're already supposed to be prosperous. Next year's year healing, nothing wrong with that. You were supposed to be walking in that in the first year you gave your life to Christ. So there's nothing wrong with those words, but they are lower level words based on the higher level things that God is doing, which is simple. Every year, if you are righteous, you're supposed to increase. I don't care what the New Year's Eve word is. And every year that you are outside the camp of Christ, it's supposed to get worse for you. Amen. Just like we said. Okay. Lisa and Devon both prophesied that this coronavirus is going to show up. I didn't believe it. I'm, I'm telling y'all, y'all think I just make this stuff up. I was riding in the car with Devon <laughs> to Riverdale last year. And something out of a movie. We were just sitting there and then he did just like this. Something is coming next year. And I'm like, eh, I mean, is an alien ship? Batman getting ready to visit or something? And, and Lisa, you know, and others. But, but, and see, I still remember. Do you know, why, you know why we discounted that? Because I still remember now Lisa saying that everybody was going to be homeschooled. She gave that accurate word. But who would believe something like that? Y'all understand? True prophets don't lie. Right. Hey, they see stuff that you can't even imagine. Right. Hey, and so, let's keep moving here. I don't want to. So, y'all get my point. Is that every year these two kingdoms arise. And so, you know, um, I think it was Devon. Yes, Devon told me again. This time it was at the Sunday location. You know, we're preparing everything for the service and everything. He walks past me. Part two is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to stop doing that, man. He just walked away. He just walks away. I was like, man, you need to keep playing because part one was a monster. You know, but, you know, people that we fellowship with, like Sadu, he said, the moment they come out with a vaccine for this thing, he said, pay attention. He says, phase two will show up. What happened? See, what's supposed to happen is they get dumber in the world. We get wiser in the church. They can less and less see the future we can more and more interpret it. And eventually they will be forced to come to us. Because they already have been, by the way. Okay? So I'll give you an example of the wicked. Psalm 74, 22. Arise, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how these fools insult you all day long. Don't overlook what your enemies have said. Watch this. 
or their growing uproar against you. Why? How many know you leave a weed unchecked, that sucker is going to grow. I work in the lawn a lot, so I know this stuff. Okay. And so, and so, but notice he said that the uproar from the wicked against God is constantly growing. It'll be stronger tomorrow than it was today. It'll be stronger next week than it was this past week. It'll be stronger in 2021. And it's just the rage against God, the anger and the venom against him and his children. It's just going, the weeds are just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, at the same time, the wheat is going to keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And God is going to look and see who is going to win the war. How many know we already know the answer to that question? Second Timothy 3.13. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. <laughs> Everybody, I don't know what I don't know what Bible some of these people are reading when they talk about oh, it's getting ready to change. No, not based on the law of seed time and harvest. Now maybe you hoping and a wishing and hoping Santa Claus will bring something to the planet, but it's not gonna happen. He said, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Just as a mental note, always remember this. When you are deceiving someone, it is only because you yourself are already deceived. The same way that I can't tell you about the truth unless I already know it is the same way you can't deceive somebody unless you're already deceived. Those are just little nuggets I throw in. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. But you need to be aware, how many know that we are in the final days? That in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. This is the Passion Translation. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. I mean, you see that every day. And we haven't moved out to church yet for that one. Slaves to their own desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of loving God. They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. Didn't say hang out with them. I'm trying to win them to Jesus. He didn't say that. He said stay away from them. There are some people that you can hang around for a moment. Once they have decided to walk on evil, then go ahead and let them walk that way. You just pray from a former distance. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. You up in the club trying to save everybody. Next thing you know, you got a drinky drink. Two-stepping down Whatever. What verse am I in? For they are the ones who warm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who are captured by their lust and steeped in sin. They are always learning when it comes to technology, but they never discover the revelation knowledge of truth, higher technology. History has given us an example of this. Now he's talking about the end times, folk. Because right now, the body of Christ has a boldness problem, has a courage problem, has a fear problem. We can't tell the difference in between the sons of God and the sons of Satan when it comes to courage. Truth be told, the sons of Satan got a whole lot more courage than the typical folk in the body of Christ. 
History has given us an example of this with the Egyptian sorcerers, Janus and Jamrus, who took, who stood against Moses in their arrogance. So it will be in the last days with those who reject the faith with their corrupt minds and arrogant hearts standing against the truth of God. They will not advance. Y'all reading the same Bible? <laughs> they will not advance for everyone will see their madness. And I would like to add stupidity just as they did with Jans and Jambres. Janus and Jambres, I'm probably mispronouncing it. They were the two head witches and warlocks that came up against Moses when he was trying to free three million people out of the hands of Pharaoh. Those are the two individuals. I remember, you know, uh, Moses went and threw the rod down, turned into a snake, and they stepped forward and said, uh, you late, dog, we've been doing that. So they threw their rod down too, and they turned into a snake. And it said they withstood Moses. Eventually, they got embarrassed because they couldn't keep up. Oh, Jesus. Man, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be nice today. I really am trying to be nice. He said, that's the end time. I'm a, a lot of, like the rapper said, don't get it twisted. He said, they look evil, but, but, but they can't do nothing against you. And so right now is, is that the mainstream body of Christ is running from every fight that's out there. Godzilla show up, run. King Kong show up. A mouse shows up, show up, run. Cricket show up, run. A flea shows up, run. They look in the mirror, run. Bible says about evil people that they run when nothing is there. Y'all, it's, we, how many of you know we're supposed to walk in greater? But we also got a leadership problem. Because the ones that are supposed to be leading us have become privates instead of generals. And a general, a real one, is the first one that go right into the battle in front of everybody else. And so, unfortunately, the people become like leaders. And there is a huge disconnect right now. People are looking, who is going to take us out of this mess? You know what they're really saying? Who's going to be strong enough to deal with this Godzilla monster? That's really what they're looking for. Galatians 6, 7. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know, the Bible is letting you know that it doesn't matter what the wickedness is, because right now, everybody's scared of the wickedness. Let me tell you something. No, I'm not going to say that. And it wasn't the Lord, it was me. Galatians 6, 7. Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. What you plant will always be the thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. And the seed always looks different than the harvest, by the way. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. We just talking about, you read what you saw. Judges 1, 5 through 7. While at Bezek, they encountered King Adonai Bezek and fought against him. And the Canaanites and Perizzites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adonai Bezek said, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. And they took him to Jerusalem, and that's where he died. So, <clears throat> just showing you a couple of scriptures on 
you need to be careful what you saw. See, the, the, I'm, 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 I'm almost there. Um, it almost killed me, but the Lord gave me a couple of experiences to help me understand what it means to really sow good seed. When people think about sowing good seed, they think about giving a little money to a church. I said, please. If that was the case, then why are all of the sinners rich? You know what I'm saying? They ain't got nothing to do with this. It's, you know, it's a whole lot bigger than that. And so, but, but it has to do with your actions, and it mostly has to do with your words. A lot of people have no idea that the problems you run into in the future came from your words from the past. And it's very, it's very deep, because I was talking to, y'all know McKinley, the pastor is our sister church. And he said something. He said, the heavenly reward system is based on how much like God you become. And any area where you are not like God, that's the area of the reward that you lose. And the way, and it was the way that he said it, and I was just, and, and, and I'm just being honest with you all. I try to be transparent to help people. But, you know, the Bible says we're going to give an account for every idle word. And we read that, and we get scared for a moment, and then go right back to talking crazy and gossiping. You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm telling you, I have gotten to that point where now I'm conscious of that. And, and because I'm conscious of that, it's very scary what sticks in my mind because it wouldn't come out my mouth. Just a little thing on the way here to church today, okay? And generally, I'm not a gossiper, you know. Everybody talk about something, you know what I'm saying? But I'm generally, my wife would tell you I'm not a gossiper, you know. But I do like to make fun of people. So... <laughs> I'm the dude at Walmart pointing for God. Yep, number one, number three. Some of y'all saw the picture of that guy that I called Santa Claus brother I put up on social media. That was cool though. I like to make fun of people. But then I realized that was still idle talk. Some people say it's not deep. See, on the way here, you know how I was making a left and there was a, a young gentleman, he probably looked to be in maybe his... 25, 28 range, slender guy, and, and he was crossing the street too slow, and um, no, 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 this is not a joke. <laughs> see, that's bad. See, that's bad right there. <laughs> now, see, that's bad. I start talking. Y'all thinking I'm getting ready to talk about somebody. See what I'm talking about? That means I've been joking too much with y'all. So he realized that the light had turned green on him, and he was like, you know, running really crazy across the street. So normally I make fun of somebody like that. And, and, and so and I don't know where even the thought comes from. It could be the enemy. I don't know. It could be a reserve tank in my mind based on what I've been putting in there. <laughs> but, but I saw him running and the thought came to make fun of him. And it was interesting what went around in my head when I refused to say it. And that just scared me. I said, I've been talking this way, just making fun of people. For what? God wouldn't be making fun of the way the guy ran across the street. You see what I'm saying? So the problem is you see that it's small, but what happens is, is that when you do that with the small things, you then start just kind of, it was the appetizer for the big things. I just threw that in there for a moment. So, so y'all got that. So again, it's very simple, y'all. Next year, you're going to see more of the same. In the world, it is going to be crazier. There's another virus coming, coming in. There are some other things that are coming in that I will not say. You definitely need to be praying for them. I am going to say this publicly. We are at war with algorithms. And most men in the body of Christ don't have the wisdom to battle a computer. We do. 
It's just me talking now. They're going to say, who is this arrogant boy? You'll see. <laughs> These things are designed to look for sentence structure and certain words and certain phrases in order to shut us down. Okay? And so, you know, I have to be careful. I have to, I hate to say this. Oh, God, this, this must be the holy. I hate to say this. Is that the algorithms have been programmed for low-level Christian language. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So when I start teaching these higher-level things like I have for the last few weeks, it'll confuse the computers a little bit. They won't understand, okay, and it won't, you got to be, I'm not trying to get out there and say some stupid stuff, and then they shut the whole thing down. That prevents me from ministering. You understand what I'm saying? Now, there will be times, though, where I have to pray about how to adjust this. There will be times when the service may start a half an hour early. Or I may say things off camera. Or I'll shut down the online and I will share certain things that the public doesn't know. Because it's a different monster when you're going across the planet. There are men attacking me all the way from Africa as I speak. In the spirit. Okay. So, you know, it don't matter. You know, they're always going to need more men to do that. There ain't nothing to do. Oh, we need to pray. No, you don't. Go to sleep. <laughs> Y'all give darkness too much respect. Would y'all like to see how this is going to end? It's going to get worse every single year and better for us every single year. And they're going to keep on trying to bring the church to its knees every single year. And they're going to keep on getting embarrassed every single year. And you're going to kill one and another ten are going to rise up. Because the Bible says you can do nothing against the truth except join it. Ain't no my truth, your truth. No, ain't no, no, it's just one truth. And the truth is a person, not a doctrine. Joel 2, 1 through 14. When you first read this, you're going to think it's the devil. Sound the trumpet. This is how it's going to end. It's going to keep on getting worse every single year. Worse, and this is how it ends. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem. Joel 2, 1 through 14. Raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again fire burns in front of them flames follow after them ahead of them the land lies as beautiful as the garden of eden behind them is nothing but desolation not one thing escapes they look like horses they charge forward like war horses look at them as they leap along the mountaintops Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across a field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Someone say wicked people. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is the head of the column, and he leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. 
give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothes in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent, which means changes his mind, and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. That's how it's going to end. Okay, and that army, you mixed up in there. See, uh, I kind of picture it like this. You know, who knows? Some of us might be in heaven. Some of us might be down here. And Jesus says, all right, the time has come. Who's going back with me to act a fool on planet Earth? Lorana says, I'm good. I'm going to just stay up here. You know what my answer is? I'm down. I've been waiting on this moment. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting on this moment. Mixing up my shoes. Shoe came right up. Okay. Waiting. So let me say this. Hebrews 10.26 is a warning for us all. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue, continue sinning after we have received a knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. As many of you know, I fell ill a few weeks ago. What was it? I don't know and I didn't care. I don't investigate sickness and disease because the answer is the same. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to a doctor. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking medication. Just follow peace. But I don't ask questions about sickness and disease because the answer to get rid of it is always the same for me. I'm a part of a different kingdom. I don't go by earthly standards. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, if you want to go, you know, never mind. It's always somebody going to write me, you know, I just can't believe you putting your congregation at risk. I told them what I did. I didn't tell them what they had to do. If they knew how crazy y'all were, they'd be writing y'all letters and trying to tell me to leave y'all alone. So y'all good. Now, right in the midst of this, let me tell you where the church is supposed to be at. 1 Corinthians 3, 4 through 9. One says, I am of Paul. These were the denominations of that day. This is the equivalent of saying, I'm Baptist. Well, you know, I'm Presbyterian. Well, you know, I'm Catholic. Church of God in Christ. And all the angels and the spirits are saying, don't none of y'all know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> See, he said, I am of Paul. And another, I am of Apollos. He said, if you do that, are you not carnal? Who is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, but every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, not the labor of his pastor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's garden. And you are God's building. Okay. Now, I would only know this to a certain degree because of, you know, if any of you that's listening online um, and first-time visitors here, my spiritual dad is a man by the name of Bishop David Oyedepoli, the pastor the fastest-growing church in Nigeria. And he was, it's funny. Now, I didn't say this. But they had their, early, they had their New Year's Eve service earlier. Too. So I was listening to him for about 10 minutes. 
what did he call her? I don't know, I should say that on national TV, or national live TV, whatever this thing is called. <laughs> One of the things that he said, and I appreciate it, you know, because you become what you connected to. And it was so powerful what he said. He said, in the midst of this uh, hoax that happened this year, He said, now the Lord gave me a word to open up 10,000 churches this year. And all of a sudden, this invisible monster moves in to shut down everything, including the church first. He said, in the midst of that, we opened up 10,400 churches. Because one of these days, you are going to learn, I don't care if there is an asteroid Coming to my address, I'm going to keep on eating my meal and finish watching my television program. You're going to recognize one of these days that God called you a son of God. You are an ambassador. You are more than a conqueror. I still don't know what more than a conqueror is. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm all of that. You'd rather be human. And as long as you're human, you're going to get humanistic results. Tore up my doggone shoe. See, look at that. Shoe just flapping and everything. <laughs> Told you I don't care nothing about no Facebook Live, YouTube Live. If you are watching me on live right now, my shoe came loose. And I shouldn't have said anything because now you'll just keep looking down as my shoe says amen. I'm going to just stay still. So if I'm moonwalking, it's because I don't want my shoes flapping. Care nothing about that. I'm gonna, you got to keep on going. See, I shouldn't have even said anything. Okay, anyway, back to my spirit today. Okay? So he was talking about how he said, I don't care what they say. What God has for you, you're in the camp of the wheat. So I don't care if they say that three more viruses showed up. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I mean, I'll be praying for everybody and, and helping the people and the poor and, and all that type of stuff. But y'all, let me tell you something. You better get your mind right. I had a bad attitude at first. I can't, I can't say that. I got to be careful. I got to get used to this thing. Now, y'all understand what I'm saying? I appreciated certain things coming in this year. I was like, this is wonderful. You better keep your confession right, people. As soon as something happens, then you wonder why that shows up in your life. You can go too far. I do go too far sometimes because I make people uncomfortable. Okay? But anyway, so you open up 10,000, and I don't mean open up 10,000 satellites. I mean, these are real churches with real people with either a male pastor or a female pastor. 10,400 churches, physical locations, added a, no, that was last year that it added $10 million to the budget. Um, that was because last year he opened up 5,000 churches. This year, 10,400. Real pastors over them, um, real buildings in the midst of a virus. And see, I went a step further than him. I stayed open. He closed down for a minute. Sons can be crazier than their fathers. I'm just letting you know. Okay, so he didn't start that way. There are moments. I, I don't know how to explain this. You have the written word of God, which is called the logos, and you obey that. But then you have the rhema, where, where what you read what you're supposed to obey concerning what you read, then God tells you to obey it. That's, that's a different grace. You know, like how many know faith comes from hearing the word? 
but there's a stronger faith that comes when you hear directly from God. See, when you read the word, there's a substance on the word. But when you hear directly from God, for some reason when he speaks to you, his faith is transferred to you. And, and, and if they tell you no, you just keep moving. That's what happened to me when we moved to Atlanta. Because when the Lord told me to move to Atlanta, at the gates of hell and their cousins all popped up. Everything that went wrong could have went wrong. But that word being in Atlanta by this time, that's all he didn't say. Not all these 1,500 scriptures, speaking times for 15 hours, he said, be in Atlanta at this time. That one word that he gave me drove me through everything. It made no common sense, some of the stuff that I did. It just, it just. Okay. So he's had these different times. You know, I've mentioned him before what the Lord said. And remember, anytime God speaks to you this way, it's never simple. It's extreme. And because we don't spend enough time with God, you have many of you have missed major cues for your advancement. Because you'd rather do it based on what your little sorry college told you. Hey. There is no college on this planet that can do 10% of what we do. Amen. Just can't keep up. It's a different type of science. Let me say something right now. The men in this planet will never get to high levels of technology because the highest level of technology is found in light. And Jesus said, I am the light. And you can't get to that level without going through him. So as long as you reject the light, there is a technology found within light that would allow you to run every app in here and do everything you wanted in less than a millisecond. They'll never tap into it because it's technology of light. And they know it. They know within this technology of light, they could transfer themselves to another universe in a few seconds. They'll never tap into it because that's the level of technology that's found in God. And if you reject the son of light, oh, God, you're not going to get the technology that's in light. And you will be impressed by yourself because you created a faster computer. Okay. And all it does is transfer information back and forth. All right, let me keep on going, man. So, I, the God of wonder double in visiting you. That's all the Lord said. And the next year, the church doubled. Then it doubled again. Then he said, open up churches. So you open up 5,000. This year it was 10,000. It's extreme to see what they're doing. Okay? So I'm using that as a point of reference because we've been open for 10 years. Is it 10? Nine years, I'm sorry. You know the wife know the details. I really did think it was 10. First time I've been over, usually I'm under. <clears throat> so um, a few weeks ago, right after um, I came off to my bed of affliction, I didn't pray, I didn't read, I just slept. It was my fault. The Lord said, you won't go to bed. You just fall asleep. How many know there's a difference? When you go to bed, you're like, mm, it's 9 o'clock. It's time for me to go to bed. But when you fall asleep, your eyes are burning. You don't even know why you're still up. It's just this dummy wheel on the inside of you called a hamster that tells you just stay up. Just stay up because you're going to miss something if you're going to sleep. Santa Claus might visit you based on if you've been naughty or nice. Or some of in love might have a gift from you from overseas. Your grandmother may raise from the dead. Somebody may visit you from heaven. Donald Trump might be in front of your house with a new car. So you just stay awake. And then your body just shut down on you and you wake up like this the next morning. That's me seven days a week. After taking hours of counseling calls. So as a result of that, that was my fault. And the Lord let it happen because left unchecked, you will kill yourself. Walking in love to save people. Okay, so after I came out of that, the Lord told me to make four adjustments. And then he said this, and I quote, 
The time has come for the one who plants and the one who waters to work together. Somebody say, why did he wait nine years? Because he doesn't have a problem with waiting. You do. If he was in a rush, he would have sent Jesus. To, as soon as Adam messed up, he wouldn't have waited 4,000 years. If he was in a rush, why did he wait 300 years? Was it 300 or 400 years to free the children of Israel? He's never in a rush. Y'all got me? Okay. He gave me 10 words. gave me nine years to give me the word to go. And remember this, for you all that plan on going to ministry, generals and heavyweights in ministry are not allowed to come out the gate running fast because they have a marathon to run. Low weights come out the gate moving fast because they're going to burn out at the end. The heavyweights got to spend too much time in the wilderness. Lisa had a vision of me building a deep, deep foundation. Just a few weeks ago, she had a, this is when we had to put me in check. She had a vision of me standing in front of a huge wall. And she said the foundation for this thing was deep in the earth. Couldn't break it. She said one of the most awesome things you've seen. She said, and I was standing there when I turned around, she says I was an old man. You know what that meant? I spend too much time building in the flesh and not in the spirit. You build in the spirit, you stay young. You build in the flesh, you get old real fast. See, so these are, this is what I mean by God will wait for you to learn certain things and, and you know what I'm saying, and get adjustments. And people want to get, people want to have business and ministry too fast. And guess what? If you just won't listen, he'll let you go out there real fast and you will always fizzle at the end. That's why ministries that shoot up really, really fast in the beginning, you don't know the address at the end. It's the generals and the heavyweights. You got to go a long time, a long time, so you don't kill yourself. That's why everything happened at the same moment. Okay? This graphic up. The time has come for the one who plants and the one who waters to work together, which means that's a time of increase. Didn't God say? He said one plants, one waters, and who gives the increase? So that was God telling Lionheart Church, your time for increase has come. So I need the planters, oh God, and the waterers to start working together. And if y'all start doing this, he said, I will bring more increase. That's scary, because what we saw this year was scary. But now imagine this. What we saw this year was based on the law of seed, time, and harvest. What's getting ready to happen when we're going to go greater based on the law of seed, time, and harvest, and God saying it's time? You understand what I'm saying? John 4, 35. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Watch this. The harvesters are paid what? Good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work. And now you get to gather the harvest. So that's the word for this church is the Lord to say, right in the midst of all of this mayhem, right in the midst of all of this crap, now it's time for y'all to go out there when the world told you not to touch each other. Right. Biggest trick being played on the body of Christ right now. Right. Can't handle church services because we might catch something. Can't be too close to you, and I can't. It's married couples sleeping in different bedrooms. What is wrong with you? Amen. And you can take precautions and everything out in public, but but you know what I'm saying. If you just hide in another bedroom from your wife, y'all might want to consider moving on or something. You know what I'm saying? This is. Oh man. Can't touch nobody. Don't. 
you know, you got to watch this. Make sure they do six feet. And make sure the Christians respond for that because respond to that. Because if you got to do six feet, how are you going to witness to somebody? You're supposed to stay out of their personal space. And the church going forward, roping, doping all. Talking about they obeying God. No, you're not. You're obeying your fear. Because the ones that's not doing that, like me, Bishop Oedipo, Rodney Howard Brown in Tampa, Florida. Some think, people think that he's Caucasian. No, he's South African. He was born in South Africa. Rodney Howard Brown is a beast. They tried to shut him down. He said, shut me down, took him to jail. Then they took him out of jail, and the judge ruled you should have never put him in jail. And because of that one man, the judge said, every church in Florida can now open and have church services, regardless of what y'all got to say. See, one man took a stand, but these dudes, they too afraid to get arrested and go to jail. Paul wrote half the Bible from jail. Do you know that the entire book of Revelation is written by a man that they put in oil and tried to kill him. They couldn't kill him, so they stuck him on an island for prisoners. And while he was on that island, the Lord gave him a vision that you call Revelation. Never realizing it's when you get in trouble when God shows up. He, he, but they're too scared. They're too scared because they have no revelation about the other side. And when you don't have a revelation about the other side, you try to live your best life now. Yeah, this shoe is just a flapping away. It's... I have to go barefoot in a second. I can see I got, I got, my sister got jokes now. I'm going to have to hear this for the next 15 years. <laughs> you remember that day? <laughs> time is it? Okay, I'm good. So, the time has come for the one who plants and the one who waters. To work together. So, it's a general word for the body of Christ, and that is, you don't need a special word for next year. You need to get in the word and believe it. Amen. You know, the Bible says, it is the fear of death that keeps you a slave and in bondage. You're afraid to die. That's your problem. Some of y'all got quiet on me when I said that. That's the problem. You will not have a problem as a Christian when you are no longer afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid for my wife to die. And I'm not afraid of my kids to die. Because I know what happens. If any of them go to the other side, God could offer them the whole planet. Uh, no, dude, you can keep that. We are staying up here. My daddy will be just fine. <laughs> when you have no revelation about the other side, you won't go into any type of danger. Because you're trying to protect your life. And that's not how you save your life, is trying to protect it. Okay. The perfect way to save your life is to be in the perfect will of God. Yes. When the Lord, my coronavirus coming in, Lord tell me, they shut down everything. Lord tell us to get on an airplane and go to one of the most dangerous countries in the planet. To get a secret that I will not tell. Y'all know, but I can't let the public know that right now. To go get something. And then we could. <sighs> Y'all, Christianity is very boring if you don't live it on the edge. You're supposed to be close to danger. You, you're supposed to make a move every once in a while. You know what, baby? We, we, we might be homeless after this one because they might come get the house and the car and, and, and everything. They might come get my Atari, old school, Xbox, PlayStation. I just dropped in my mind. That was my first video game. You're supposed to live life on the edge. You understand what I'm saying? Anything that you really do for God, you're going to be staring danger right in the face. What? Amen. 
Lord, he did that on purpose. He could have sent it over. To, and it's the crazy thing. Our pastor decides at the last moment to put on a pastoral conference for Supernatural Church Grove. And I asked my wife, you think I should go? Yeah, dummy, you should go, and I'm going with you. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about the planet is shutting in. We go over there and get this thing that happened. Of course, we get y'all know, but I can't let that public know right now. But we go over there and get this. What would have happened if we were afraid? Well, you know, Lord, I'm looking at the world. I don't care what the world is doing. You own it anyway. I told you to go. Well, you know, I, I know I don't know. All I know is what I told you. So when I tell you something, I didn't, I know what y'all feel like. They just moved here from another state too. So I know they just went through this. When the Lord tell you to go, you got to go. And if you don't go, if he told you to go into the danger, it will become very dangerous for you. We go over there and the man with the biggest church in the world. Now we at his house. I know what happened when I went over by myself. Man, with the biggest church on the planet, didn't know me from Adam. You, sir, come with me. Would have missed that. Paying attention to the world. From now on, you're not going to miss nothing paying attention to the world because you're not going to pay attention to them. Would have missed that. Would have missed what he told us that we can't share. We would have missed us being at his house. Would have missed being at his house in his living room on our knees and him laying hands on us. I would have missed all of that. Sitting in Atlanta. Well, you know, they shutting things down. Yeah. What would have happened if y'all would have got stuck in Nigeria? I don't know. I would have figured that out in Nigeria. Right, right. You worried about too much stuff. Right, right. And it's the crazy thing. We would have last flat out. We, we could feel it when it was closing, y'all. And you could feel this thing. It was like God created a force field and a bubble. Because what he sent us over there for was so important, he put all of Nigeria on. I'm trying. See, but you don't think you're that important. Because you keep listening to your grandmother and these raggedy preachers telling you ain't nothing and just come to my church and give me your money and serve in a little department and you can't hear from God. Now, forget when the Holy Ghost told me. He said, Every man has a right to be all he can be in God. Every man. We were over. It was over. We, and, and, and the moment it was over, we could feel that thing closing. See, this is living life on the edge. You, you'd rather live life based on what the rappers and the, and the people and, and Wendy on TV and, and, and I had to listen to her at the barbershop when I was getting my fresh cut and everything. You'd rather listen to all of them people and the government and what your mama said and the college and whether you got a degree or not. You'd rather listen to all of them. When you start following God for real, he's going to put you on that. And, and then you, and you can live life on the edge because the worst thing that can ever happen is you go to heaven. And Jesus couldn't beg you to come back. That thing was over. And the moment it was over, we could feel that sucker closing. We could feel it. And we at the because they canceled our flight. They canceled our flight. We sitting up in the hotel room. We were sitting up there at the, on, on the land eating food, hanging out with Jerry. And they, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, Delta is out of service right now because the whole planet is shutting down. We said, Jerry, we'll talk to you about a bad phone. We got to go to the hotel. Right. Found another flight. We headed to the airport. You could feel it closing, but you're nervous. Okay. And we standing in the airport, and a man is walking through the airport. Last flight's out. After this, all of Nigeria shuts down. We, we're listening to this in the airport. Don't even know if we're going to get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Last plane out. <laughs> and Lord did that on purpose. Because if I can send you into that storm... Oh, Jesus. You think I'm going to be moved by some devil coming to my 
Man, you must be crazy. God is trying to get his children to show these fools out here who we are. But we can't. Because we at home. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just now. He will save you. We're not sure about that. But that's what he said. And the sinners look like you. Now let me get this right. I'm supposed to leave my Rolls Royce in my mansion. And my music and my money. And my drugs and my women. Why y'all doing this? And I'm supposed to come join you, right? That's why they lost respect for the church. Until today. We ain't talking about no building. We're not talking about Lionheart. We're talking about people. The church is people. Understand what I'm saying? You're supposed to be ruling on your job. They're supposed to be gossiping about you. Oh, here they come again. I was reading a testimony about a nurse. And there was several. She was a nurse at a hospital. And there were several riches on her job. They kept trying to poison this girl. She kept wondering why every time she went to lunch, everybody was just staring at her. Because they couldn't figure out where they put their poison in the food and she wouldn't die. There's a Chinese man called the Heavenly Man. They, when you walk in, you feel humility. He got put in jail in China for preaching the gospel. They put him in the jail, and all of the other jailers, what they did was, this is nasty, they urinated and defecated in one spot, made him lay in it. Every person in jail got the disease except for him. See, but you can't do that unless you ain't scared. That's why the Lord got me teaching this heavenly reward system, because the body of Christ has lost her courage and her boldness. I don't even know what time it is. Let me get to it. How many of y'all excited about next year? I don't know about the rest of them, but I'm excited. I know this ain't even no, this ain't, this could be, I just ain't even faith for me. I know what's getting ready to happen next year. Just on the law of seed, time and harvest alone. Just on, just on what we've been doing. And see, when, and one of the reasons why it's happened too, because we did it in secret. He said, what? They're going to be like, how did y'all do this overnight? Uh, because the Lord said he reward what you did in secret. Right. right now, everybody's trying to shine on social media. I wanted to do it earlier, but I couldn't. The Lord didn't want me to. You, it's New Year's Eve, so I'm going to just chill. I'm going to be very transparent. Would y'all like to know the main reason why the Lord didn't let me go on social media? <laughs> Excuse me. Let me get a little. Got to be careful now online when I say drinky drink. Gatorade, Powerade, whatever it is. It don't matter. They can't see the cup no way. <laughs> y'all want to know the real reason why the Lord? Do y'all remember that woman in, in, in Revelation? And Jesus said, he said, y'all, you got this woman in your midst. Now, this is not the reason he did it for me. <laughs> he said, you got this leader in your church called Jezebel. And she's teaching the people how to commit fornication and do all of these wicked acts. How many think somebody like that should be kicked out of the church immediately? But I had a problem with the next sentence. He said, but I let it go on for a while to give her space to repent. I want you to think about that. God let a whole group of people be taught wrong just because of his love for one. I'm going to put them on hold for a moment. And, and, and you remember what happened? He said, but her time ran out. He said, and so now she's getting ready to be destroyed. 
So one of the main reasons why the Lord didn't let me go on social media this way through this platform is he was actually protecting my reward. You following what I'm saying? See, you see, I preached the word, but people that been with, with, that were with me in the beginning, I preached the word, but it was also a mixture or it was seasoned with toxicity because of what had been done to me in ministry. And then on top of that, um, almost every single person that was already a Christian that joined our church was joining because of church hurt. So I had been done wrong by preachers. And then now every person that's joining my church is already a Christian has been done wrong by preachers. Not that all preachers do you wrong, but the ones who join. I didn't know it was for a reason. So now this is multiplying my anger. So I'm preaching the word, but it's also seasoned with anger. And so guess what? And so... Uh, every seed reproduces after its own kind. So guess what? I'm sowing this into you. So we're going to sow it, let you do it with the small group. Because eventually you're going to get your act together, and when you repent, the small group will repent too. But if we make you do this with a larger group, and you got five million people that you're sowing bad seed into, then you're going to stand before us, and your reward is gone because... You sold the bad seed into them, so when they did it, it was on you. Okay, okay. That's the law of leadership. That's why the Bible says the leader stands in a greater judgment. Remember the Bible says, the God said, now tell them the truth. If you don't tell them and they mess up, he said their blood is on your head. So the Lord waited until I died on the other mountain. Because he knew that I love people. He knew that I would obey him. But he also knew that I didn't get as much of those toxins out of me as I should. Yes. That's why everything happened at the same time. That's why everything. Teach this now. Your time has come. Now open up Facebook Live and YouTube Live. That's why all of these things have happened now. Now, now, because I died. Amen. And dead man don't say negative things. Y'all with me? Yes. I don't even know how long I'm preaching. Let's go ahead and move on so we can end this. This is still good, though. Amen. I'm excited. I don't know what for, but I'm excited. Yes. I'm scared to go on the stage unless the camera see my flappy shoes. They waiting. <laughs> I could just go up there and take off my shoes and say, we're standing on holy ground. Everybody take off their shoes in the online audience. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move over to this second smaller part. I'm going to go ahead and ask them to pass out the, um, I almost said pass out the bottles of wine. <sighs> pass out the bottles of oil. Just pass them out. And while they're doing that,